0: Hey guys. We'll get started. My name is Alex White, co-founder and CEO of Next Big Sound. We launched nextbigsound.com at SF Music Tech 2 years ago, so it's an honor to be coming back here talking in between Jeff Price and Twitter in a movie theater. So, hope you brought popcorn and Skittles. Today we're talking about data in the music industry and how your social media behavior is being transformed into music intelligence. So talking really for 10, 15 minutes about social sales data, the intersection between them, and then happy to answer any and all questions that you might have. I don't know if you saw the news last week. I assume everyone did who's here. Facebook announced one billion monthly active users. In one month, they had a billion people go to their website. This is an insane amount of activity, an insane amount of people. I'm gonna date myself or whatever the reverse of dating myself is by saying that freshman year of college Facebook was on 14 college campuses including my own and uh, I signed up then and can't believe uh, the meteoric growth in Facebook and all the social media activity. Last year Next Big Sound we published the State of the Online Music Industry Report tracking 64 billion plays across all the main sites for hundreds of thousands of artists and so I'm very excited to see what the numbers are going to be this year with Facebook announcing uh, such a massive growth themselves and other networks. You may have also seen this report from Nielsen saying that in 2011, for the first time, 100 million digital albums were sold. And in 2012, as of August when this came out, album sales were up 15% on pace to set a new record. So on the one hand, you have billions of social public media data points, You have hundreds of millions of actual consumers with credit cards transacting, purchasing these albums and track units. And the rest of this talk is really the preliminary findings around how social and sales relate to each other because traditionally and too often, there's the fluffy social media bullshit sort of stuff going on and then the hard transactional business of the music industry. Um, and tying those together is where what I find fascinating and, and incredibly valuable. So when we talk about music consumption, uh, we have the sales side of things and then the social and streaming side of things and everything in between the massive, well-documented fragmentation of how people interact with music. At Next Big Sound, we have three years of public social data that we combine with our customers' private transactional numbers that they give to us. We now have 75% of recorded music sales coming to our system. And so what we're talking about is three, kind of broken into three areas where in order of least statistically rigorous to most, um, starting with just variable comparisons on one plot, seeing lots of different variables intersected with one another, correlations, and then Granger causality, which I'll explain um, later on. And this maps to the progression that we've gone through as a business from first exploring the data that we have to making real headway in solving the the business problems that the music industry faces. So these are aggregated anonymized numbers with pre-approval to display. You have radio spins on the x-axis, iTunes sales on the y-axis. The size of the dot is the number of Spotify plays. And you can see higher number of radio spins, higher number of track sales. In the top right-hand corner... High numbers of radio spins, iTunes sales, Spotify plays. This maps pretty much to you know all the top charts, seeming fairly similar. In the middle, with a medium level of radio play and iTunes sales and Spotify plays, uh, not surprising. And we'll focus on the lower end, which I find the most fascinating. Lower numbers of radio spins. So this is for artists with less than 500 radio spins. And then the iTunes track sales. Each dot represents one day of those transactions, and so you can see generally the higher number of radio spins, even at the 500 spin level, the higher number your iTunes sales. Generally, although lots of points to the contrary, it's really interesting. Is right near me with zero radio spins and still high numbers of iTunes sales and Spotify plays and those those acts in those cases. Here's another graph showing uh, Spotify plays on the x-axis, iTunes on the y-axis, and radio spins is the size of the dot. And you really see this bifurcation between radio play leading to high number of track sales versus artists without radio play. And this is daily, this is radio spins on the x-axis, iTunes on the y-axis, and the size of the dot is Wikipedia page views. And so you can see these You know, artists and songs and tracks moving around the screen. This is pure data porn, we call it. And really good for exploratory purposes and seeing lots of different variables crossed with one another. You may recognize this sort of plot or playback from Hans's presentation, did a famous TED talk on statistics and the power of statistics. This is great, and we often get lost doing these sort of things. It's good to quickly explore large data sets. Obviously, it's not... uh, Immediately actionable. So, moving to correlations, which is stronger tie between social and sales between just lots of pretty fast-moving plots. These numbers are intentionally really tiny. I think anyone can see those, but those are album's track sales or track sales and album sales digitally crossed with every single other variable that we have in our system, and trying to find which areas are most closely correlated to these two key metrics. And so I'll highlight digital track sales and the highest correlations. Radio spins is the most highly correlated variable to track sales, digital track sales. This is not surprising to anyone in the music industry, but for folks in the tech world, might be surprised um, that that's still the highest. YouTube plays and fans. Jeff was talking a little bit about the power of YouTube, and, and we're definitely seeing that, followed by Facebook page likes and Twitter followers. So, now we're going to talk about Granger causality. This is as close to causality as you can prove without uh, running randomized experiments. It's commonly used, I'm told it's commonly used in uh, economics and biomedical engineering, basically saying that one variable provides information to forecast, increase the accuracy of a forecast for another variable. So, by knowing the number of Wikipedia page views, you can better forecast, more accurately forecast how many iTunes track sales or Vivo views an artist is going to have. We've been building out our data science team. The first guy we hired was a master's in statistics from Harvard, way smarter than me. I don't know what any of this stuff really means. And he, uh, he went to the Yankees to do Moneyball for them for several years and then the NSA and joined our team, uh, luckily. And so what, we're, what you're going to see here, this is digital Album sales Granger causality. So you're going to see a list of all the variable inputs that we track from Facebook, you know, Insights data to Google Analytics to all the different inputs, and seeing for the subset of artists that we're looking at which variables have the biggest add the most information in terms of forecasting digital album sales. And uh, I'll call your attention to the top of this list here. And these are Google Analytics and Site Catalyst page views. And Site Catalyst is an Omniture product that is an enterprise paid for version of Google Analytics. And this is saying that knowing.com visits for an artist, you know, this was surprising to see all of those at the very top of this list. Um, everyone talks about how important an artist.com and website is. Um, but knowing those numbers from Google Analytics or Site Catalyst in terms of forecasting for your business. Um, is very important and adds a lot of information. And I Was thinking about it, trying to rationalize it because that's what humans try to do. Um, seeing, you know, it was really int- store page views in Site Catalyst, um, and that's not surprising when you think about it. It's well documented in retail that the longer you spend in a store, the more likely you are to buy things and spend money. Um, That's why they have music playing and lots of fun things to keep you there. Um, Right below that, Facebook Insights page views. That's not page likes. That's views to an artist's Facebook page. So not necessarily taking an action. Radio Spins is up there. Facebook Insight, unique visitors, Wikipedia, page views, uh, et cetera. So that's on a very kind of macro basis and macro findings, I thought it'd be useful to walk through a case study we did for one client in particular on the individual artist um, level. And the reason why we were asked to do this is because the traditional model of radio driving uh, sales uh, seemed to be breaking down. So the blue line, the green line, and the orange line are arcing curves of terrestrial radio, and the purple, yellow, and red spikes are individual track sales when they're being released. So Anyone who's plotted out the radio to sales numbers has seen these sort of curves. Before I was doing this as an intern at Universal Motown in Excel, and it just took hours and hours and hours. Um, but in this case, we were seeing high digital track sales for this artist, this blue artist, Mr. Blue, and low radio spins. Um, and that was unusual in the, in the mapping. Um, even for this individual artist, his singles were split between pre-March 19th and post-March 19th. That wasn't the exact release date, but we compared this artist to several similar artists as a benchmark. And you can see they all follow the pre-March 19th and every other dot follows a similar kind of slope in the ratio between radio spins and iTunes track sales. The more radio spins, the higher the track sales. Um, Except post-March 19th, when everything changed, and this was really an anomaly because the Slope is out of control. He's getting, you know, same amount or barely more radio plays, um, but selling way more and way outselling and stepping outside of the, the norm. And it's really a tale of two different singles from the same artist. So the orange and blue line followed the traditional model of, you know, the Slope it died out fairly quickly in the blue spike in sales when it was released. But the green line is actually sales and the red line is radio. So in this case, um, the radio was following uh, the spike and the growth in sales. And when we looked at all the other factors, if it wasn't radio that was driving this, what was it? Um, and you know, running through the matrix of all the correlations and all the comparable artists, really YouTube standing out in terms of uh, the immense video growth and video views starting around that March mid-March time period, and just accelerating and running away compared to all the other artists. And looking into more detailed, you know, YouTube demographics, seeing this is a very young, very female fan base. Um, and YouTube has become this, you know, incredible music discovery and, and consumption platform. And particularly among this age demographic, is absurdly strong. So we're obviously just scratching the surface of all of the associations between social data and sales data. And it's still, you know, this was one artist and and it was a very manual kind of time-consuming process to research. Um, But the opportunity is there to be able to reduce that time and, and programmatically do a lot of this sort of early analysis so that humans can come in and do what they do best, which is make decisions. So I think that you know, future R&D and future questions and opportunities, um, big in terms of forecasting. I believe that public social media data can forecast private transactional numbers. And while we've um, have the data set and the scale in recorded music, uh, the same models that we're building can be applied to concert ticket sales, secondary ticket sales, merchandise, etc. Big opportunity there in terms of for improving the forecasts that are already being made and, and massive budgets and marketing spends uh driven based on forecasts that could be improved through the use of public social data. Um better benchmarks and similar artists, so instead of manually asking, you know, how many who they compare this artist to, we should be able to recommend artists to compare to who have followed similar trajectories um and that sort of thing. Finding uh the next big sound before um, is in our name. Uh, it's around improving the accuracy and speed with which you can determine if something is reacting. So uh caught the end of Jeff's talk, and it really is about art reacting in the marketplace and what better way to measure reaction than attention. Um, and that's really what, you know, our sweet spot is measuring attention. And the theory is that attention precedes monetization, which we've uh, shown kind of macro-level um, and, and are working on continually refining. And then pairing brands with bands. So you saw the demographics of this one artist. And don't you think brands would want to reach this young female demographic with their products? And we're pairing, um, just announcing today, pairing with Fan Access, which is a local company, um, to make that searchable and a different way to look at our data set uh, with their interface um, in terms of making sure that brands and, and bands are paired properly together. And some of you may have seen this if you've heard me uh, speak, and I apologize. This is the data hierarchy pyramid that I talk so much about, where we've spent the last three years just gathering this data, and it's choppy and inconsistent and working with the providers in order to streamline and normalize it. Um, You can't do anything if the data is not correct, and that's what takes a lot of bandwidth. Um, The information layer is really the presentation and being able to generate reports for business, and that's what we've built our business on But what you're starting to see a peek at today, I hope, is um, the climbing up the data pyramid to the knowledge level um, and ultimately intelligence. So even breaking it down uh, further, three quick key takeaways, and then we'll open it up for questions. Um, Understanding which type of artist you are or you're working with. So not trying to force one uh, into the other if you're track sales versus album and measuring and watching. Not which one do you want to be, but which one. Um, kind of are you even within the same artist being conscious of different songs following different life cycles and trajectories um, and that they all don't follow the same one and you may have maybe the second single that, that really starts reacting and lastly measuring which numbers move with sales or in advance of sales and this is what our best most sophisticated customers are doing is matching the social data with the sales data and that's what we're helping them to do so thanks for your time and attention there, and happy to answer any questions that the audience might have. So I'll do the first one. Question was around for the folks at home. Are we drilling down further into the main sources? And so we do track you know, YouTube thumbs and comments and that sort of thing. The main metrics for each ones are really the, the big ones that we're focused on now. Um, and I think a lot of the refining, that'll come down the line when we're really just fine tweaking the knobs, but we're still early on enough that still trying to put all the big variables into place. And your second question, I wasn't quite sure. on. Vivo. Yeah. Yeah, so that was just an example that, you know, we whipped together. We can plot anything against anything else. And I just chose three. I thought this crowd would like those kind of key metrics but you could compare vivo to facebook youtube to soundcloud twitter to itunes etc and that's actually a lot of you know what the early data science team is just kind of crossing everything with everything else trying to see where are their patterns because there is a lot of noise dot com numbers and wikipedia have been the two most surprising sources to me because you know we were so focused or and our customers on Facebook and Twitter, numbers and capturing those accurately. So I've been surprised at the Google Analytics and the Wikipedia in terms of their relationship to sales numbers. Sure. For UGC content, user-generated content, it's very hard metadata problem that we're working with the providers, like a YouTube, to secure and make sure those are thumbprinted and, and figured out correctly. As a, a data information business we much prefer Vivo's clean stream and, and that sort of thing. We, Our way around the UGC stuff has honestly been mostly focused on the artist's official YouTube channels um, and just tracking subscribers and counts and thumbs and stuff there. We know that those are verified and those are correct. Because as soon as you start, makes comparisons and running analyses really difficult if one artist has 10,000 UGC videos up and one artist has none. So until we get the correct kind of stream and data from our providers, we're sticking more to the official ones like YouTube Vivo. Sure. Nice to see you, Jonas. So our business is a subscription service to the music industry, uh, whether that's the individual artist up to the biggest global major labels. Um, And so it's uh, if you're an individual artist, $20 per band per month. If you're a manager, it's the same price structure. And then larger enterprise deals, they want custom training and data importation and lots of other things. So those are bigger uh, packages. And that's the business. Answer to everything. We've tried every sentiment analytics provider, and none of them have passed kind of general scrutiny. (laughs) Not even general, just scrutiny, period. <laughs> I think that's be- going to be a fascinating input into the models that we're building, the forecasting and the trend analysis and prediction. I just don't think the technology is there yet. There's way better funded teams, bigger teams that are working on nothing but that. And so we'll plug in. And we try all of them as they come around. Have you found any good a good provider? The mobile piece you know we're getting splits from like a spotify on mobile plays versus desktop and that sort of thing but we're not we haven't tracked or found any giant mobile providers the problem is we there's a lot of great uh sources and and data sets but they only focus on a small subset of artists and when we're looking at integrating data sources we look for the scale and kind of depth so one of the more recent integrations we did was with instagram So that would be a mobile app, but not a music-only mobile app. Cool. Thanks, everyone.